Yo, yo, another week, another fight podcast. We come to you from on high, and we have a lot to talk about. I would like to start, if possible, with UFC 281, because what a fucking card. And I think that Israel Adesanya, Alex Pereira fight was one of the best fights of the year. Do you have anywhere else you'd like to start? Is there something more major? Uh, not really. I think that's a good place to start. Uh, you, you know, I kind of feel for Izzy. You know, it's like... What, what shitty luck? <laughs> yeah, it's like... You know, every fight I've seen... So, let's go all the way back to kick. The first fight, I actually thought he got robbed. Yes, I think I think that's a general consensus, that he got robbed. Yeah. Second fight... It is what it is. Got knocked uh, out. It was, it, it was a. It was like it's basically like the. It was like this one. It was it's like a lot like fight. this one. Yeah, it was, it was a war. Uh, they both got knocked down, but generally Izzy was the winner or winning the fight until he got knocked out. Indeed, and that's basically the story of the UFC fight. It's like I think this was actually I think a, a lot more one sided than the any of the first two fights. I, I would say. No, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a complete domination, yes. but it was definitely more like you're more clear about Izzy winning all points. I thought it was three two, right? Alex Pereira winning the fifth round, obviously, and the first round, yeah, and that sorry. that's kind of it, right? Like I I thought it was very clearly an Izzy win until he get knocked out. The problem is Izzy has chosen his nemesis to be the Deontay Wilder of kickboxing. <laughs> <laughs> that's who we picked that's who we picked his mortal enemy to be what a mortal enemy to choose <laughs> like you chose the scariest man in kickboxing to be your mortal enemy and he's like i'm just gonna follow you around everywhere for what it's worth easy's gonna win the rematch but i think what alex Pereira did should be applauded that man is really fucking good because even though Izzy was definitely winning, especially with the takedown and sort of like the wrestling and the, the wrist ride was amazing and beating him up and this, that, and the third, Alex Pereira is a God-level striker, man. Like, I don't understand. Some of the combinations he was putting together, the, the power that he was putting in there, and like, it was nuts. I think that was so entertaining to me because it was such a suspenseful fight. Yeah, for sure. Because everything that they threw mattered. Um, I have never seen Israel Adesanya fight like that in the UFC other than the Kelvin Gastelum fight in the sense that, like, I've never seen him, like, not even wanted is the wrong word, but I've never seen him, uh, usually when Izzy fights, I know and he knows he's going to win, right? Like, I have never been worried about Israel Adesanya in a, in a title fight ever, like, in the UFC. I watch it, I'm like, Izzy's going to beat this guy. It's going to take some time. Whitaker made it competitive the last fight, but I'm like, Izzy's going to win. Even against Yoel Romero, people can say what they want about that fight. Izzy won it, right? Like, I know Izzy's going to win. This was the first time I was watching it. I was like, I don't know who's going to win. This is exciting. This is really exciting. Yeah, you know what's funny, speaking of Whitaker? I think Whitaker could beat Alex Pereira. Easily. I, I, actually, think he, I actually think he will win. Easily. <laughs> Because, you know, I don't know. It's interesting because, obviously, I don't know who I think is the better, like, striker between him and Izzy. But I think the type of striking that Izzy presents is a much tougher challenge for Robert Whitaker to overcome. Agreed. Because Izzy is a counter striker, right? Israel forces you to come in 
and Alex does not force you to come in. In fact, he's forcing his way into you. Mm-hmm. And it's much easier to deal with that, to time, to shut take down, to, to clinch up, to throw you, to do the things that MMA allows you to do when the person's coming towards you. MMA encourages that. Like, if you come towards me, I have more things I can do to you. If you're backing up, it's harder for me to hurt you in, right. in, in, in MMA, especially in MMA. In boxing, that is not also always true, I feel like. Like, being a counter-striker in boxing, you have to be very, very, very timing gifted, right? Because it's like, you know, there's a reason that no one can do it the way Floyd has done it. It's because, like, you have to be – there's just limited weapons, Right. So in order to have enough activity to be considered the winner, you have to be very clean and very precise. In MMA, when you're backing up, you're often the only one getting shots off when you're doing it like Izzy, like just to be clear, like when you're when you're backing up like Israel Adesanya is. Because um, like when Israel Adesanya hits you, he, he hits you and then he, 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 you, there's nothing you can do. You can't take him down. You can't shoot on him. Like when you when you get into the cage, he knows how to get off the cage, et cetera, et cetera. When Alex is hitting you, assuming you don't die, which is a reasonable expectation that you might, you could, in theory, grab him and take him down. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Back. I just, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I don't want to tangent too much. because No, go ahead. Tangent a little but, bit. Um, it's funny when I see, I saw a lot of boxing Twitter watching that fight. <laughs> and they were talking about how, you know, like, oh, the striking is awful. Oh, this is very sloppy. Like, But, it, you know, I think that's kind of part of what, MMA is because it's more akin to like an actual fight. Fight, yeah. Like a, an sh- actual, you know, a lot of people want to be smart asses and be like, "Oh, actual fight, you can have a, a knife or whatever." You kick sure. people to nuts. Like, all it's right, whatever. Actual hand to hand combat. Guys. Yeah, like- yes, yeah, actual hand to hand combat, not necessarily <laughs> like you're limiting person to just using their hands. So, like, obviously, and you're not even listening. You're not even limiting them to just using their hands and feet. Your anything goes within mm-hmm. reason, obviously. So. Mm-hmm. You're able to do more, but in ter- and as a result of that, what you're seeing is going to be inherently more sloppy because it's like it's almost reactionary. So, like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. I was say it's like, oh, this guy throws a kick. If he throws a kick, I can jump underneath that jump, but like I can slide yeah, underneath exactly. the kick and pick him up and throw him on the ground, and then I can get on the ground and beat the shit out of him or choke him. Like it's, right. it's inherently sloppy because it's a fight. It's not a boxing match. And boxing purists, what they don't understand is that boxing is very, or maybe they do. Boxing is a very beautiful sport. Very beautiful sport. It's like very, very technical, very technical. And I think boxers, boxing fans get that on one level. But the level that they don't get it on is that you you cannot actually be that technical in a sport as brutal as MMA. It's impossible, right? Israel Adesanya has, I bet you if you put Israel Adesanya in a boxing ring, he could do some beautiful boxing, right? That's not... The, the sport he's participating in. It's not a beautiful sport. It is not pretty. One of the things that makes boxing so entertaining to watch, Errol Spence's jab, beautiful, would never work in MMA. His front leg would just get eaten up. So all of a sudden, let's say someone does have a beautiful jab. Let's say Israel Adesanya does have beautiful boxing. How's he going to deploy it? He's just going to get hit, right? There's no room to be pretty. That's why people who can do things that are pretty are are exalted so highly in the MMA space. That's why Israel Adesanya was such lauded as such a great champion is because he would could do something in a space where he wasn't supposed to be able to do it. 
But Alex Perea showed you the consequences of trying to be pretty in an ugly sport. It's an ugly-ass sport, man. But I still like it. (laughs) Um, The rest of this card was also pretty exciting, to be honest, man. Like, Zhang Wei Li won. I don't think we have anything to say about that. Do you have anything to say about that? Not particularly. But that Dustin Michael Chandler fight, those... Those white guys at 155 deliver, man. Every time they fight. Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje versus Justin Poirier. Justin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. Every single time they fight, they deliver. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the... That's, no, I can't say that. That's kind of fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it is incredibly entertaining. All of Khabib's leftovers are incredibly entertaining. Like, my God. That was a fun-ass fight. Just violence. And shout out to Dustin Poirier for doing the thing and winning. Because that's not easy to do against Michael Chandler. I know, like, he's lost a lot to elite-level competition, but that was a very hard-earned win. So, shout out to DP. Um, I think my my weekly uh, time to get your CDL award has to go to, sadly, Dominic Reyes. He got to pack it up, man. Dog, he got to pack it up. He got to pack it up. Ryan Spann think- looked great. <laughs> Yeah, he looked great, but I, you know, I think one of the one of the things that like you hate to see because it happens a lot in all combat sports. It's like when you get to that point and you're not successful, mm. it's like it weighs so much on you. Especially it, like it can go, it can weigh on you because like, oh, I either got to this point and I just wasn't able to get over that hump, or it's like I got to this point and I beat the guy, but I didn't get the decision. Right. So you're kind of riding that confidence of like, I beat this guy. I'm the best in the world. And, you know, but you're not able to like manifest that properly in the ring or the cage. I think that's what you're seeing with Dominic Reyes. It's like he can't get past the John Jones thing. I think I agree with you, man. And the other thing is like Dominic Reyes came in from another sport. Like he came in like he was like a football player. He was on a practice squad and stuff and yada, yeah, yada, yada. A, yeah, he played it. Some university. Well, it doesn't matter. He doesn't played, he played D1 college football. I guess the point I'm making is, is there's often a ceiling for those kind of guys, especially at this level of MMA. I know I just got through saying it's an ugly sport, but it has gained a lot of technical prowess and technical skill. So slowly but surely, the kind of people that can cross over successfully, their ceiling is getting shorter and shorter, mm-hmm. right? So I don't think Dominic Reyes' ceiling is as high because like he come in, he came over relatively late from another sport. Incredible athlete. And incredible to do what he did, pick up another sport, a new sport, and get to the level that he got at without much fanfare or fame. He's not like Greg Hardy, who just honestly got the contract because he was famous, right? He's someone who clearly had the talent to get the contract, but his level to which he can get at because he came in so late. MMA is too technical of a sport at this point in its maturation process for you to come in and kind of like be super dominant. So with all that early success and getting to John Jones and possibly beating John Jones, I could see that not only messing with his himself mentally, but also kind of giving him weird expectations about where he could go in the sport even from there. It, it's it's difficult, right? Right, exactly. Because you always think that you can get to that point again. But, it's but like, you also feel like you already you should already be there. So it's yeah, like it's yeah. like a conflicting. And on top of that, you only have a couple years of experience in the sport. Like you, you're not 20 years. Like Alex Pereira is 20 years deep in striking. He's Dominic Reyes doesn't have 20 years of experience in anything. Like in terms of like combat sports, 
football, I'm sure, like not taking anything away from his skills there, but like the crossover is limited. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for that card, unless you had anything else to say about it. Good. In the world of box, go ahead. I'll say it's been a lot of shit boxing. (laughs) Yeah, in the world of boxing, there hasn't been anything that stood out too much. Um, is there anything you wanted to highlight in particular? Oh, uh, not really. I think the most exciting thing about boxing lately has just been a lot of the news. Like, PBC has yeah. been dropping a lot of fights. This um, Tank Ryan fight, if it happens, man, is... We're going to be very happy. Yeah, but nervous. I mean... I mean <laughs> Seems signed, right? Look, you can't... Something like that. But, like, I think the thing is, you can't look past this Hector Luis Garcia fight. Yeah! But that's a, that's a fight. To. Yeah, we're going. <laughs> um, PBC... Like, I don't know. I need a press pass or something because y'all cracking heads. Dog, it's <laughs> ridiculous. If anyone needs an extra ticket in Section 111, I'm selling one. Um. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, you know, that Hector Luis Garcia fight, that's a mildly dangerous fight. I mean, I know people are going to be like, oh, he's moving up from 130, but he was already planning on doing that anyway. Uh, this guy is a real champion at his weight class, and he's a big dude. Shout out to my guy, Broadway Jewel, the voice of Dominican boxing. Yeah. He he has, like, inside access to the Hector Luis Garcia camp. And he took a picture with him. And I, I met I met Joel in person. Joel's about 6'1", probably, like, 230, 235. Wow, okay. Not a Hector, Lu- Hector Luis Garcia, he, I'm not going to say he's as big as him. He's not, he's not as big as him. But he was, like, about to his nose. So he's bigger than me. Yeah, he's a big dude. Like he's—I don't know what he's listed as, but he's well, I'm a saying in terms guy. of height, he's bigger yeah. than me. Yeah, because like sure. Tank, Tank and I have met multiple times, and Tank is smaller than I am. Yeah, like, and You're for those five, who don't six. know, yeah. I'm like five six right now, one seventy, right? So like, Tank is significantly smaller than I am when I met him in person, and granted, that was like four years ago, so maybe he's just put on weight. But if this dude is that big, that could be a problem. I mean, he didn't have a problem with Barrios, but still. Yeah, like this isn't like this isn't like a Leo Santa Cruz situation. Like this is not a small guy coming up to one thirty five for Tank to pick on. Like this is a they're at at bare minimum they're the same size. And I actually think Hector Luis Garcia is bigger than him, and this he can fight. He can really fight. Yeah, and I just think that you know not only can he really fight, he can box. Yeah. So it's gonna be fun to see, and you know I'm glad like. This fight is going to be in D.C. We can go see it. It's probably the last time I ever go see Tank because, like I said, it's they got the head crack going taxing. on these tickets. Taxing. But it should be fun. I think um, uh, Boots is going to be on there as the co-main. Um, Rashidi Ellis is going to be on there. Unfortunately, I don't think that they're going to be fighting each other on the card. So that's a little bit disappointing. But um, I'm hearing maybe Boots might be fighting uh, Gabriel Maestre. Which would be poetic, yeah, for him to get his ass beat in DC, yeah, because he got his ass beat wherever the fuck Mike Fox beat him at. Yep, yep, but, yep, yep. So I'm, I'll be happy to see. I'm that about happen. to say there's some there, there's some good revenge there for the DMV at least. Yeah. Should be some should be some revenge for Mike Fox, but you know it's fine. So I have no I have no qualms about this card like being worth the money. It was just a lot of fucking money. Oh, shout out to Jaleel Hackett. I heard I, I was at a local card and I was told by a media member there that he is going to fight in on December 13th in Vegas and then they're going to rush him back to be on the DC card. Wow. So, That'd be fun. Should be fun. This is the first big fight card DC's had in a while. 
like a solid while. I don't think anyone this big has been in DC. This is probably the biggest fight Ooh. in DC since Lamont Peterson. I'd say Lamont Peterson. The UFC came once, but that was literally 15 years ago. Like, dude, it's no, uh, they came for Overeem fought here like a couple years ago. But that wasn't like a I want to say that's a big thing. That's true. It was like a yeah. fight night. It wasn't like a pay-per-view. Yeah. Like by far the biggest combat sports event since Lamont Peterson and Amir Khan fought. Agreed. Yes. That is what yeah, I was like, that's what I think it is. And it's good. I think that more fighters should like they should do that more often, right? There's plenty of cities in the United States outside of Vegas that they could go to and where they could make a great gate. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it really depends on the fighter where they're from. Like, obviously, Tank being from Baltimore. Baltimore, yeah. Um, they could have had this in Baltimore, to be honest. But No, they couldn't. Uh, the Royal Farms is not big enough. But they, you, you could have, I guess you can't really have it outside, so, yeah. Yeah, not outside during the winter. Winter, yeah. I, th- yeah, I, I, guess... I think I think him and Gary Antoine Russell are going to fight at M&T Bank Stadium at some point. That would be crazy in the summer. That would be the craziest summer event. The ever have ever in Baltimore in the last ten years. Yeah. I would go to that too. I would I I I would pay whatever they, they yeah. told me I had to pay for that. But but yeah, I think you know this is a big thing for the DMV. I hope that they see that we're a big fight city that wants to see more fights here. Yeah, and hopefully they put on more. You know, I think it just makes a lot of sense. Like you can have them in New York, you could have them in Philly, you could have them in DC. Like they don't always have to be in Vegas and like. I guess Vegas and Madison Square Garden are the generally the two big fight destinations, right? Like, and I guess LA for like a lot of the Spanish boxers is what they do. They they kind of yeah. like just do it in LA, or anybody that's fighting a Spanish boxer. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But it'd be nice for them to spread the wealth. Um, yeah, man, there's a lot going on, and there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, Islam and Volk has been announced to take it back to MMA, which I think is going to be a really cool fight. Like, I don't know how Volk is going to win, but I know he's going to come in with a plan. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to win. <laughs> I just don't think he's going to win, but I'm just curious he's to see little. what Volkanovsky, who's arguably the smartest 145er ever, is going to try and do. Because there has to be at some point someone who figures out how to fight this style effectively. I just feel like I've seen Volk in very dangerous ground positions. Yeah, I mean, he nearly got but, choked out by Brian Ortega. And Brian Ortega is phenomenal. He is, definitely. and Brian Ortega is amazing, but, like, he nearly... I, 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 think, I think Islam is probably a much better, like, MMA grappler than Brian, Brian Ortega. Ortega. So yeah. I, I, I just can't... I just can't... And he's way bigger than both of them. That's so what I'm saying. Yeah, if, if I he just gets can't, him... I just can't see it. If he gets him in that same position, yo, like, Islam's not letting go. Brian Ortega let that go because his arms got tired. Islam's never letting it go. <laughs> like, he's just going to sit there the entire time until Volk goes to sleep. But that's that's a little far away. That's a little far away. This weekend, this weekend, if you hate grappling, this is the MMA main event for you. This is Wonder Boy. Oh, no, that's next week. Sorry. Next week. Okay. Next week. Wonder Boy and Kevin Holland. Oh yeah, there will be no wrestling. There will there be, be no, no wrestling. There will be event. absolutely no wrestling in that fight whatsoever. <laughs> Just pure technical kickboxing, which y'all might not like. When I'm tuning in, I'm locked in. Listen, man, I think it'll be a great fight. I think that'll be that'll be really fun to watch. I think there'll be some fancy shit that's thrown. There'll be some spitting shit that's thrown. There'll there'll be some very very interesting things that happen in that fight. And I'm. And then this weekend we have uh, 
the W the vacant WBC 140 pound titles on the line between yes. Jose Zapata and Regis Prograce. I'm pretty confident that Regis is going to get the job done. Um, I wish they had a betting line on whether these guys are going to make weight because fighting on Thanksgiving weekend is insane. But you know, it should be a good fight. Uh, the co-main has Charles Conwell, who's probably one of my favorite like prospect contenders in the game right now. The only fighter I think at 154 that has the potential. I want to stress the potential. Potential, yes. To dethrone Jamal Charlo, Jamal Charlo, sorry, Jamal Charlo, one, yeah, Mel, at yeah. one point. But yeah, so that should be fun. It is a pay per view, unfortunately. Uh, so I will be uh, finding a way to watch that. I might pay for it. I might not. But and go, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. That'll be interesting. Thanksgiving, Boxing Thanksgiving happened last year too, didn't it? I feel like this is like a pretty regular thing. Like that some boxing happens on Thanksgiving weekend. It was around. Uh, uh, Sean Porter and Terrence Crawford fought the weekend before. Or something. There, there was, there was, yeah, there's, there. it's becoming like football and that this is a tradition. Oh, some other news. Um, Another Khabib guy. Uh, this this time named after Kamaru Usman as well. <laughs> Usman or Megamedov beat uh Pitbull in Bellator. So that family continues to the, the Patricky Pitbull, not Patricky Pitbull. Not Patricio, yeah. Patricky for the 135. So that was a thing that happened um in absolute dominant fashion as well. Yeah. So there's not much to say there. Yeah. That and was the 155 pound also. I thought it was 130. Was no, the Patricky's at, thir- at 55. 55, yeah. Patricky, yeah. yeah, exactly. At 45. But 45, yeah. Whatever. And um, then, um, go ahead. I was going to say, the, that was the Corey Anderson and Nemkov. Yes, one. and Nemkov uh, made a lot of improvement and beat Corey Anderson, which was surprising because Corey Anderson is a top five 205er in the UFC. So that's kind of, that bodes well for Bellator's, like, their level of competition. Because yeah, that and first he was fight was rather dominant in the first fight. Yeah. That first fight, Corey Anderson won. That whole stupid ref's decision TKO headbutt thing is dumb. But this fight, Nemkov won fair and square. Um, oh, and then in one championship, my old coach uh won. Shout out to Ong for coming back. Uh it was fine, and I continue to wish him success. I am a little interested as to where he's going because he used to be double champ but i don't see him necessarily beating de ritter at this time so maybe he's got something in store for all of us but that one card in general was good i didn't watch the entire thing but the everything that i watched was good yeah i, I, I definitely watched road tank beat the living shit out of that guy yeah so you know the boxing guys if you want to watch someone go just go watch all of rod tang's fights you'll be I'm, happy i'm very concerned about how long he can continue to do this because he's very young i think he's only like 24 or 25 that's but a great question but he, he he likes to play that that shit that block punches with my face basically and he's and the he's first person like, what, ever seen to be successful yeah looking for like 300 <laughs> muay thai fights, fights yeah like that. yeah I, I don't know how long he can he can do that but i, I don't know either it's a great thing to watch though i i don't really understand uh, how Thai people are so durable because they will literally have like 200, 300 fights. And I understand it's because they go very light and sparring and they train very smart. But 
three hundred fights is three hundred fights. You know, you're still trying to win. Right. Exactly. Um. So I'm not really sure how that works out, but they seem to do it. I think that's pretty much it. Um, in terms of like catching up on fights and what we thought of them. Is there anything else you're looking forward to coming up? Uh, no, it's a pretty light. It's a pretty light schedule for well, boxing primarily for the rest of the year. I know there's Frank Martin and Michelle Rivera on the 17th of December. Mm-hmm. That should be fun. But other than that, a lot of the boxing stuff we have to look forward to. That's next year. But the first quarter next year is stacked for boxing. So I'm excited about that. It's gonna be interesting to see like how things are how things are going um because it's like as this whole terrence crawford thing shakes out we're we're getting a lot of fights from that right like from the whole like 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 you mentioned last time so i do wonder how the 147 division in particular is going to shape up in 2023 because we in theory we should have all new champions right because both these guys i guess are not going to stay at this weight anymore I mean, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on whether they're going to fight each other or not. Um, I kind of have a feeling that they might fight at fifty-four. Maybe I don't know. Right, uh, but like, let's let's take let's forget about them. I'm saying now that they're not fighting, it has freed up a lot of fights. Some of which we covered. Like, do you expect that division to be super busy in the coming months? Yeah, actually, I just that just reminded me of like one of the biggest news from the uh, Virgil Ortiz and. Um, Stanionis, I can't pronounce his first name. I'm sorry, yes. but Ortiz and Stanionis are fighting, and they the winner of that is going to be the mandatory for the WBA at 147. So whatever shakes out between Errol Spence and Keith Thurman, which I assume is going to be the next fight for Errol Spence, the winner of that fight must fight the winner of Stanionis and Virgil Ortiz. So, and what is your what is your take on Stanionis versus Ortiz? Uh, you know, it's one of the very, not very few, but like, I think it's a true 50-50 fight. I, I, I think, agree. Yes. I think that Virgil Ortiz is a very physically imposing fighter and he's very powerful. Obviously. He's strong, he's, man. He's strong. He strong. manhandles people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stanionis is like, uh, he's actually reminds me a lot. Like, he's not as technically sound as Errol Spence. Which is saying something because Errol Spence is very technically sound, very technically but like sound, he's like yeah. a, I don't even want to call him a poor man's version. He's like a like a slightly lesser, less version. evolved, less evolved yeah. version. Yeah, yeah, he's like a, a slightly less evolved version of Errol Spence. And I don't know who I have in that one. I think like I think that Virgil Ortiz would probably be the betting favorite, but I think. I might slightly favor Stanley Onis there. I think I think his technique and his ability to like throw the correct punches at the right time, I think that it will pose a lot of problem for Virgil Ortiz, who's very much like a come forward and just like an aggressive physical puncher. I have watched a lot of Virgil Ortiz's fights. I haven't only I've only watched like two Stanios's fights. And so I don't want to speak too much but do you think that the power of Virgil Ortiz will just be too much for him like I don't know I don't know because I think he's just really good I think that that's kind of where I'm, I'm having so he can kind of like so, box around it yeah you know? yeah I think so he's not I wouldn't necessarily call him like a, he's not like a, a a hit and move kind of guy but yeah you know those guys that are very technically sound 
even though, you know, I think I also will say that a lot of times punchers do beat boxers. Yeah, it happens. But Stanionis yeah. is not a slouch on the power end either. Mm. But I and I've seen I've seen Virgil Ortiz be hurt. That yes, for sure. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Hooker hurt him. Yeah, Hooker hurt him. I've seen uh Mean Machine hurt him and knock him down. It wasn't called, but so you know I've seen him hurt, and I don't know. I just feel like I slightly favor Stanionis in this matchup. I agree. Um, that that's fair. Like that's a fair that's a fair statement. Like I agree in the sense that I haven't seen much of him, but what I've seen of him is good. And if you if you think that he can handle the power simply by returning with his own power and being a little more technical, then that's what happens. Um, so, oh, the UFC card that did happen this past weekend was kind of weird because Derek Lewis got sick, so the main event got canceled, but. Kennedy, and I cannot pronounce his last name, Nizichuku, uh, beat Jan Kata. Nizichuku. Say it again. Nizichuku. Nizichuku. Uh, beat uh, uh, Jan Kutalaba. Uh, and it was a very gr- it was a very good fight. Like, he had a great dominant performance. Um, in the UFC, that means something at light heavyweight because there's not necessarily a super deep division there. Um, so I'm curious to see where he goes. We could have we have a lot of fights coming up in that two hundred five division. Uh, with um, I think Glover is going to fight again, uh, so he's going to rechallenge for the belt. But where that goes is anyone's, you know, anyone's guess. I'm very excited to see what Kennedy does, given that he KO'd someone who we thought was going to be very very good, continuing forward. Um, I think that's all I really have. Some random things. Mighty Mouse has a great YouTube channel, and he finds the most ridiculous combat sports content. Uh, he found like some Spartan fighting league where they all like line up like they're in hieroglyphs and they like crash into each other and try and fight. He found this like MMA basketball league where they try to fight each other while playing basketball, like they do in like Dagestan for fun. It's if you like weird fighting things, Mighty Mouse's YouTube channel is a great follow. Just just a random thing. Oh, I guess I'll you know I went to a local show. Local oh yeah, talk about Battle of the Beltway, cool. yeah. Oh, um, you know I was I was pretty surprised. I thought it would just be a bunch of like boxing degenerates there, like me. It was a good crowd, and it was like a lot, it was a very diverse crowd in terms of like people weren't just there. Because they love watching boxing. It was like an event, kind of. And I've never been to that new Mystic Stadium that, uh, in Southeast. In Southeast, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was really nice. But um, the fights were, eh, they were okay. I think a lot of guys were put on the card to be like punching bags, which is fine at that level. But I was very impressed by this one guy, Dominique Crowder. I thought he was younger, but he's actually 29. But he's a 5'10 bantamweight. Wow. Trained by Mark Breland. Okay. And so he good. fights like he fights like Mark Breland. Like he is very, he was super disciplined with that jab. So he fights tall. He fights he, tall and yeah. fights long. Like he, he he keeps you at the end of that jab. And he he basically jabbed one to this guy until the ref was like, Yeah, I can't I can't watch this anymore. 
But, you know, I actually found out that he's been a pretty, like, consistent, like, sparring partner for guys around that weight class. Mm-hmm. Like, he sparred um, Mark Maxego for the Ray Vargas fight, which is pretty good sparring for Ray Vargas, actually. So I was really excited. I was like, oh, this kid's nice. When I found out he was 29, I was like, whoa, he got, if he's going to do something, he's got to He's got to do it now. It yeah. yeah. But I mean, maybe they don't want to fight him. I wouldn't want to fight him with a five ten banner weight. That's crazy. I mean, that's that's a, a lot of a lot of really great fighters have that problem, right? Like Fox, great fighter. People don't want to fight him because he's long, right? Like, yeah. But yeah, that was probably the most exciting thing. Uh, Greg Sharpshooter Outlaw got a crazy one punch knockout. Hey. Um. But other than that, it, it was a nice night. You know, tickets were. Reasonable is like 50 bucks for a good night. Great seats. Next time, um, let me know. I'll roll with you. Yeah, it was kind of a spur of the moment thing. It was yeah. like they, they had been pushing this fight back because um, it was not supposed to be Dusty Harrison was supposed to be the main event. But obviously, we haven't yeah. had a podcast since this happened. But um, yeah. his father was horribly gunned down yeah. in Southeast about a month or two ago. So rest rest in peace to rest uh, in peace, Buddy man. Harrison. Phenomenal figure in like the local boxing scene we should talk about that a little bit but not on, maybe we'll do it next podcast but he, he was very important and you know people deserve to know his name very very and he was in dc like you know what i'm saying like yeah truly like, a, a washingtonian for sure you know um he, i know he, he i know he did some i think he did some time in prison turned his life around yeah and became like a, a truly beloved figure in the local boxing scene so Definitely a huge loss, but that's why the fight was moved back a few times. And then he had a health issue at the weigh-in, so he wasn't able to fight either. So, oh man. But yeah, but it, all in all, like def- I'll definitely, I'll probably go to every beltway battles because it's just a good time, you know. Let me know. I'll pull up. That's that's easy. That's cheap fights. Um, I want to congratulate a lot of people in my gym who had their first smokers. Some of whom listen to this podcast. Y'all did great. Uh, it was great cheering you on and and being there at the gym and seeing what y'all had to do. Um, so shout out to y'all and your first Muay Thai and some first boxing smokers. So that was that was a, a good bit of amateur violence. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think that's that's all we got today, right? Yeah. All right, yeah. Well, peace and love, and uh, I think we're back for real this time. So we're gonna provide you more and more content as we go along. Might be bi- might be bi weekly, but that's we're, fine. We're, we're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah. All right.